AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Oh, I have to write out that, that intro every time. I know. And it just says XXX, where you put in the show, and every time I think of the movie Triple X. And I've never seen that movie. Uh, which... <laughs> Just a side note, I don't know if you've seen the new controversy trying to make Elizabeth Cougar, Elizabeth Cougar, Elizabeth Warren Cougar, that's the new title that she's gotten because there was this allegation from this young guy saying that he had had a sexcapade oh, with my gosh. Uh, possible President Warren. I'm just waiting. <laughs> but maybe. Um, but uh, on the picture, and, and then it was debunked really quickly because he mm-hmm. had a picture on social media which debunked it. But in there, he had a triple X tattoo. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if you have a triple X tattoo, there's a lot to be said. No judgment from yeah. me, but yes. Um, we're not talking about triple X today. We're talking about women in the alcohol industry. Right. And this episode has been a long time coming. I actually, like, maybe two years ago, met uh, someone who I fell in love with right. and thought, oh, I've got to get her on the show. Rightly so. Tiffany Barriere, who you won't hear in this episode, but we do have a part two, kind of, like right. a cocktail hour right, right. Um, coming up, and she'll she'll be in that one. Uh, but just timing and personal thing, all this stuff kept happening in quick and right. way, but then you, yes. you were determined to... Uh, get a cocktail out of this. Look, <laughs> whenever I can get good cocktails made for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to like take that opportunity 100%. 
I really appreciated it. You were very gung-ho. You I were was. very determined it was going to happen, and it did. It did, after some emails and some pleading and some gin. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it, we finally made it. Uh, that Yeah, that's just us making it and getting free <laughs> drinks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for this one, we do have two... Um, Experts in the field, shall we say, people who've been working in bartending, making cocktails in Atlanta um, for a while. But we did want to give kind of a brief overview before we get into that. And also, if it's not obvious, if you uh, struggle with alcoholism, probably this is not the episode for you. Right. So we do have some numbers. The U.S. Department of Labor reported that as of 2015, 60% of bartenders identify as female, but they are often relegated to jobs that pay less. Women asked about their experiences have said that they can get a job at a sports bar or a restaurant like Hooters pretty easily. Um, And by the way, a head shop might be a bigger deal than any skill when it comes to cocktails at places like that. Right. And I know that was part of the thing in, I think, L.A., where they would have to have headshots to become a part of that industry. Which is okay. Uh And a study out of New York found that 60% of bartenders in the city's fine dining restaurants were male, where the money is higher. In family-style dining restaurants, where the money and the prestige is lower, men make up 45% of the bartenders. Basically, women, even though they make up a majority of the bartending workforce, are underrepresented when it comes to these profitable, high-respected bartending positions. And the same thing bears out when you look at people of color. Yeah, and I know I've brought it up before. Uh, I think when I first came on the show, they were like, Annie does another podcast called Saver. You can go listen to her and, and some things that relate to feminism on there. And one of the big ones is uh, we did one on uh, tipping. Right. And we talked about a lot of this stuff. If you want to go check that out, uh, it's probably the angriest I've ever gotten on a food show. <laughs> <laughs> um, one problem in the way of getting more women working as bartenders has to do with the pathway to becoming one, which is something influential New York bar employees only accidentally stepped into on social media in 2016. Um, a job post for their Singapore location read, Not just a boys club. We are looking for badass cocktail waitresses and supervisors to join our team which sounds good. The thing is, it's easier to become a bartender if you start out as a bar back, an assistant behind the bar, cleaning glasses and stocking liquor, than it is from cocktail waiters to bartender. Men are more often hired as bar backs. Women are more often hired as cocktail waiters. This, in part, seems to come from a place of benevolent sexism, the belief that women can't or shouldn't handle the physicality and long hours associated with being a bar back and a bartender. When Taste of the Cocktail held a session on gender issues at their 2016 conference, they found respondents answered that the two biggest obstacles women face when it comes to building a career in bartending were employer biases and customer biases. So many female bartenders have stories of a customer asking her, when will the bartender be there? Asking a male colleague who happens to be behind the bar for a drink. We hear, you're going to hear some examples of that in our interviews um, of people assuming a female-owned bar is owned by a man, of people assuming women got the job thanks to their looks, while men got it thanks to their skill. Getting questioned more about their skills and cocktail knowledge uh, as compared to their male colleagues, or if there are more women behind the bar than men, getting questioned about the agenda of the bar. Which, yeah, which our uh, guests will be talking about more and more. Um, as with most, if not every industry, there is a wage gap as well. The average hourly wage for a female bartender is $12.17 compared to the $13.88 for male bartenders. 
And this is in the U.S. Right. Uh, so I, I would I would love to hear from listeners from other countries if they have any information on that. Um, another problem women might face, and men too, is sexual harassment in this industry. Some studies have found that women working in hospitality report sexual harassment at a rate that is five times that than of the rest of the American female workforce. This happens on both sides of the bar, customers and colleagues. It's difficult when you depend on tips as part of your income and that customer is always right mentality. Right. And again, I guess do talk about the fine line. Yeah. A customer service and just being like, leave me the hell alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the statistics from the U.S. Department of Justice show that outside of the military, the only professions more likely to be targeted for attack are law enforcement and security guards. This is because of the late hours, the dark clothing that is the typical uniform of the bartender, and the fact they are likely to be carrying cash money from tips. Yeah. So how do we get more female bartenders? Some people have been trying to make that happen. There are a couple of projects aimed at getting more women in bartending. In 2011, Ivy Mix and Lynette Marrero started a woman-only bartending competition called Speed Rack. It's grown, now taking place in several cities across the country and across the world. Marrero also founded the New York chapter of Ladies United for the Preservation of Endangered Cocktails. That's a fantastic title. I know. <laughs> Another effort in 2014 called Girls with Bowls, or, you know, B-O-L-S, <laughs> started by Kate Gerwin after she won World Bartending Championship sponsored by the Bowl Spirits Company. Uh, this program matches female bartenders that are starting out with a mentor, mostly women, but sometimes men. And we've talked about the importance of mentors. Yes, mm-hmm. very, very important, and in the in this industry as well. Mm-hmm. And you do hear we do hear more and more about that about how they got pretty much lifted up yeah. by someone that they met that taught them more, mm-hmm. which is also fantastic. The founder of another influential New York bar, Death & Co., says being intentional about hiring is key. Let's be careful not to stack our staff with all the same kind of people because that doesn't reflect the people who will come into our bars. Yes. Which is obvious. I feel like that's an obvious statement, but yet it seems seems hard. Apparently. Um, But our our interviewees seem to think that the situation is improving and it is getting more diverse. Uh, But we'll, we'll let them introduce themselves. Let's get into the interviews, but first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. 
Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. So, yeah, let's just dive right in. Let's do this. My name is Keisha Cyrus. Um, uh, I've been bartending for a very long time, so almost <laughs> 20 years, which is when to say that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know who else was supposed to be here, but I think out of, I um, would probably be the oldest person in this little group, maybe. But, I mean, I enjoy it. I do. Um, been making cocktails for the, started from cocktail server bar back, the beginnings of all of that, and then went on to run a couple bars, work with some great people. Um, yeah, that's really, it's really, <laughs> <laughs> and and then I had to fight my way to that now. But um, it's just been really a great experience. I decided when I went to do this as a full-time career, is like when I allow myself to just keep learning instead of just slinging drinks, so to speak. Um, and I think is when I switched to that, my brain just said, I have to learn about it. as much as I can work <laughs> everywhere, not everywhere, but places I thought that were cool. Right. And then build up my resume in that way and my knowledge. So I think I said people would say, did I go to bartending school to get started? No. I just kind of um, fell into it and then loved it. And it just fits my lifestyle, you know. It's kind of like being able to meet people. It did, it did help with, I used to be, well, still am, very shy. You can't tell I'm babbling right now, but <laughs> running my mouth. But um, really shy, so that kind of pushed me like those first couple of years to kind of really, you know, yeah. It's still it's a show. Well, technically introverts. That's what most people right. think bartender and they, it helps when you're standing there. But it's uh, it's really helped me come out of my shell. Even the older I get, you know, the more confidence I get in this uh, industry. The more people I meet. So yeah, I, I dig it. I think it's it's been. Good to me. It's been bad, but right. <laughs> there are days when it's so inconsistent. You know, you try to make a living and you work a lot of hours and you're just like tired and you yeah. get burned out and all that stuff. But yeah, it's you been pretty to deal cool. With a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you know, the, yeah, <laughs> you have to deal with their <laughs> and then you have to deal with your own, and then you're at work and you have your coworkers. So yeah, it's it's all the things sometimes in one one eight hour shift. So it's uh. But I still love it. I mean, I've taken breaks here. They're not a lot, but you definitely need to do that for yourself for sure. So, Katie, please. Um, hi. <laughs> uh, I'm Katie Decantillon. I'm the bar manager at Boxcar. Um, I've only been bartending for about six years, 
but I've always been in restaurants. That's the only job I've ever had. Um, and I ended up behind the bar because at this neighborhood place where I was serving, one of the main bartenders was leaving. Um, and as soon as he announced it, I kind of just like raised my hand. I was like, you don't have to hire a new person. You could just show me how to do it. <laughs> um, and very similar to what you just said, Keisha, I decided I was going to stay when I started learning fun, cool things. And I was like, wait, I want to keep learning all this. And uh, I've been with Hopsity for four years almost. Um, and Boxcar is Hopsity's restaurant. Um, so they gave me the opportunity to move up and like take over a bar program on my own. So that's very new for me. Um, but it's been really cool. And I'm still learning a lot. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's really cool. I love that. It yeah. is. It was a great opportunity. Keisha, where, where do you work right now? Oh, well. Um, or do you want to shout out to whatever? Well, currently I work part-time at Joystick Arcade okay. Bar. Okay. Um, and then um, I... Like chaos. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that work, place, but wow. Occasionally, I sometimes work at uh, Steinbeck's in Oakhurst. Okay. Um, I've been, since I went there, I've been uh, helping with them with their cocktail. Pro- it's a small cocktail list, so it's not a big deal because they're mostly like beer, mm-hmm. um, which is cool too. I mean... I worked at a porter for a long time. That was when I learned, loved and learned a lot about beer being there. Right. So it's so a little bit of everything because, you know, like I said, when you're doing this for a while, you have to take kind of a little break. So my little break is still working two jobs. Right. But not being in charge of a lot of things besides my own destiny, so to speak. So, right. um, yeah, so Joystick's great. It is. So I'm going to have to look out for your Joystick. I don't know if any of y'all been there, but it's yes. okay. Also, I, I saw you at Dragon Con. Like last year? Oh, the panel? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. That was great. But everybody said, they were like, we couldn't barely hear you. Because one, we didn't think the room was going to be that huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was massive. There's like so many people. I'm like, and my voice doesn't carry well, mm-hmm. which is a down, not a good thing for a bartender. But um, <laughs> it was uh, pretty fun. I mean, we talked about things that I enjoyed, like vermouth. And I was glad that a lot of people showed up. I mean, booze brings everybody in the room. So from booze, what was the topic that year? Um, it was alcohol and how, what is it, spirits relating to, and then in movies and science and all that things like that, and or what your favorite spirit is. Just a, a general broad term of booze, so right. to speak. Um, I love so was, going to the booze panels. At yeah. <laughs> they, so this one was uh, we had five people. Um, and it was great. I mean, I, you picked, you know, whatever you want to talk about the most, what your favorite is. The plan was to try to make cocktails, but once we saw the setup, we're like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, so they didn't get to make it happen like I'm making this happen. Yeah. Like we're making this happen. Well, I mean, technically. <laughs> it's mostly you. <laughs> yeah. You did Swear. great. Giant kind of get real crazy. So, well, yeah. Yes. So uh, I went for the first time this year. Yeah. It was a lot. It yeah. was. I tried to warn her, but, she you did. know. Yes. It was a pretty cool still, you know, yeah. the panel. I, I, two people made drinks. I just talked. That's even awesome. Though, and that was it. So it's a good time. Have you, you been? There? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah like you said, with booze event. <laughs> I mean, jeez, that room was packed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Have you been based in Atlanta the entire time you've been working in bartending? Um, when I became a true professional, I guess I'm going to say it that way, yeah. Um, I grew up in New York and... Um, I worked at a uh, Red Lobster in Long Island when I was going to college out there. Okay. okay. Lobster Rica. <laughs> yes. If oh, you God. asked me about chilies, I would know. <laughs> so, and or Applebee's. Oh, yeah. well, they might as well be. <laughs> They're pretty close. I was going to say, get lobster themed. I know, I was going to say, one's yeah. seafood theme and one is not. Okay, fair. But they both had those frozen drink machines, so 
you can't miss. Um, no, so I was just there in New York, and then I came here and kind of did that for a little bit. I finally that I was just been here right. the most so all, well, since then and kept going. So I said I used to run, um, like to say what Katie, like what she said, what she got hired from within. I got that, my opportunity when one of my mentors and my manager and boss at the time was, he was leaving to run out to do his own thing. And I was like, I think I could do this. Yeah. I could run this restaurant right now. And and I did for four years. It was great. Wow. So, so I, yeah, it was pretty cool. So <laughs> keep doing. Like you said, it is a learning experience. So Yeah, definitely. So are you, have you been based in Atlanta the majority of the time? I, yes, I am an Atlanta unicorn. I was born here. I oh, it is. never left here. I still live here. I went to uh, Georgia State. And every time someone from outside of the city meets me, they're like, oh my God, you're from here? Yes, I am. That's <laughs> <Nice. laughs> so um, Yeah, and I, my first restaurant job was in college. And the my really good friend's mom, who also happened to be our lunch lady when we were little kids, had a family seafood restaurant uh, nice. in Decatur. And that was my first job. And that's also on the low because I was not yet 21, um, <laughs> where bartender friends started like teaching me things about drinks and making drinks and stuff. Like after hours, I was like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and then like kept paying attention right. at each next job. So both of you were talking about how you really got into it. What was it about the alcohol like industry and the art of creating cocktails? What was it that was like, yes, this is fascinating. I want to keep learning. There's more to learn. Weird um, question. No, it's not a weird question. I just have two, like, two totally different answers. Because the first thing, like, the reason that I raised my hand and was like, "Hey, will you teach me how to bartend?" Um, was mostly just because I hate waiting tables. Um, I really, <laughs> yeah. I have the worst server. Like you mentioned earlier, like being an introvert, but having the bar barrier and like that feeling of being safe behind your bar barrier. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw it and I was just like, yes. <laughs> um, also, the bartender that was teaching me at the time, we were really good friends and I was like, I want to work with you. Yeah. Um, but then after that, uh, I think that I realized at some point when you realize that there's more than just like Jack Daniels and Captain Morgan and that you can get other things and that it's so diverse and everything tastes different and then you start putting things together and then that tastes different. Like, yeah, definitely like the alchemist part of it. Definitely, like once yeah, yeah. I realized how cool that can be, I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing that. Right. Yeah, uh, same thing. Just um, when I was learning, in the beginning, of course, I made all the, all the things, Long Island's, whatever. But when you do start to get into books or reading or you're around people who are really passionate and excited about it, you feed off of that. And yes, I got into it because I was like, bartenders make more money. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, I'm not gonna, mm -hmm. that was like, okay, if I'm going to work in a restaurant, I kind of want to work in a position where I could make more money and I could I could just kind of just be here. And it feels a little bit more intimate in a way. That's why I probably get along best with people because I feel like I'm just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation instead of trying to wrangle in like a 12 top or something. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and then I just, once I started, when I worked at Emeralds when I was here, I just got it deep into, like, all the things that they had going on, wine. I did wine for a long time. I didn't become a sommelier just because I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, I wanted to. I'm just bad at, I always make the excuse I'm hard about taking tests, but <laughs> I was great at drinking wine. But the, <laughs> yes. after that, you know, the learning and being excited when things come out and you meet people who are really all about it, that just gets you really amped 
to just keep pushing. And yeah, and that was it for me. I just kind of wanted to keep going. And and then when I was, I mean, there's not really more to it than that. That's really that simple. <laughs> the money and then keep learning and right. like the cool people you meet and how it's flexible. Like people who go to school part-time, mm-hmm. you can still kind of have that shift in your schedule. Right. So that really helped. It keeps you free to do whatever sometimes. Yeah, that so. availability. Mm-hmm. Nice. And flexibility. That's always yeah. good. So yeah. with the beginnings of things, was there one specific cocktail or something that you created or helped create or whatever, or just made, maybe something that's a classic that made you go, ooh, I didn't know this could be like this. I want to keep going and do my own thing. Mm, I don't know. I, I think something classic. Well, I always like to stick to the classics. So I just always go back to it. Right. Um but when I was managing a uh, bar manager at Repast uh, a long time ago, our chef, she was Japanese. And I was always excited about what she was creating in the kitchen that I got excited about using things like, she was like, we have to have shochu in the menu. I was like, yes, let's do it. So I did a whole shochu menu okay. for that. Like, between myself and my other bartender, we were like, let's make a couple. And once I started doing like the flavors, how they're so different, um, that to me, I was really proud of that because she was excited about it. And I thought everybody was like, wow, this is a great thing to challenge yourself for. But I mean, I go back to, like I said, I try to be a purist where I stick to the classics all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I always make a great Sazerac or awesome Negroni and people are like, man, that's so balanced because you never know what you're going to get when you go to some place. Right. People try to test you, but you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, it's make- like drinks like that are like the perfect test, right? Yeah. Of like... Do you actually know how to bartend or are you going to mm-hmm. mess up the easiest drink to make, which is also at the same time not the easiest drink exactly. to make? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when you got it, people are like, oh, man, that's so great. I'm like, it should be a, a bartender's go-to, like, make me something. I'll make you something that's simple, that's a classic, that's always, I think should be always done properly. Right. And that's how, you know, kind of get into that. Arena, but I don't know about you, Katie. Well, you said classics, and when Sam, you asked the question, the first two things I thought about were not necessarily things that I like loved to make, but mm-hmm. they stick out in my memory from when I was learning, which is martini. When I realized that it's not as scary as I thought it was, <laughs> um, and uh, Sazerac, I think the f- like the first couple of times that I made each one of those, and it was like right and tasted mm-hmm. good, and the person that asked me. And like totally threw me off my game. Uh, we're like, yeah, that's great, thank you. I was like, oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> that means I can do this. It's yeah. not as bad as I thought. Yeah, those two like definitely stuck out. So you both. So I don't know what a sazerac is. What is that? It's a classic cocktail that started in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and it's another one that's like four ingredients. But yeah. if you get the measurements wrong, it's will taste terrible. Yeah. Maybe not terrible, but it won't be right if it you just yeah. get the measurements wrong. And it's um, rye whiskey, lemon expression, sugar, absinthe, patience. Yeah, and like that's, that's it. Absinthe. Yeah, I mean that it, sounds scary to me. I'm not gonna lie. Oh no, absinthe is Andy's, so fun. Yeah, making faces at me. And you were talking <laughs> about the menu creation. What? No, what? Types of drinks you say was goes with the Japanese? Oh uh, well, thing. it wasn't well shochu, shochu, which is oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, all right. So and, it's uh, where uh, sake is rice, shochu is more like potato. Um, so there's they tend to be sometimes really funky or just kind of one that tastes one that tastes like cherries or like a light cherry blossom. Mm. So oh, it was so that, cool. Yeah, it was it was great to even do that tasting because you just you learn so much from somebody and then you're like, man, this is great, and then you just you realize your palate's now onto something different and 
that was really fun for me. So, yeah, Shochu's fantastic. Yeah, I'm doing a drink with Sochu for our fall menu. And, mm-hmm. But then also, like, learning, like, tasting things right next to each other that mm-hmm. are all technically the same. Yeah. Doing that with agave spirits right now, that's what I'm trying to learn about right now. Mm-hmm. Like, mezcal, tequila, ricea, total. I'm like, holy crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're all so different, and it's they're still all from essentially the same spot, the same yeah. plant, and yet they all taste completely different. Yeah, that's a that is the thing. I always tell people they always go, "What is like tequila?" I was like mezcal, and I go, "It's the process. It's the same thing, but it's right. just the different process of making. It. It's, it's going to taste different. It's from a different part. You got to give them a, a quick dissertation on that mm-hmm. spirit before they they're convinced to trust you to try it. And like, but it's it's a good experience for me anyway. I'm like, I'm obviously so. fascinated. I'm like, what is what is that? What is that? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, so one of the things on this show, and I, I feel like maybe you've alluded to some of the things, but what is it like being a woman in this industry? And especially like, how has that changed or has it changed? Um, okay. Well, since I've been doing it quite some time, it's in the beginning, it was kind of hard. I didn't see a lot of female bartenders when I was really, I mean, there were a few out there that was really very few. Like maybe I would go to a bar and there's like one girl or one lady that was back there. Um, but you would see like girls or would work at bars that, you know, if their boobies are out or whatever, or they're they're kind of I said boobies like I'm twelve, but they're <laughs> <laughs> and they work or they work at like old divey places because they've been doing a long time. Those were kind of bartenders that were just kinda of, like I said, slinging drinks, which is fine. Right. You know, you're making your money, you're doing yeah. your job and I, I totally get it. I'm gonna be probably be an old lady too someday. But yes. <laughs> no, no, no. So um, I never really saw somebody who's doing a craft part of it when I was really coming up. So and I, I had to, my mentors were, were guys, which was fine. You know, they took me in their wing. It was really cool. And then the, the, the different layer for me was because I was also a black female. Like that was another thing I had to kind of push through to convince people that I actually knew what I was talking about. Right. You know, or, you know, you, you do get men that don't believe you know anything about scotch or because mm-hmm. one, you're a girl, and then also, who are you? You know, my name's Keisha, okay? Not your typical bartender type, but trust me, I know. And I have to, It's it, for a while, it was a, um, a struggle to convince people to trust what you're saying and doing. Right. Every day was a debate. I was like, come on, can I just wow. make this drink? So it wasn't, you know, after I just got, you get over it because you, you already know what the, those that day and that step is going to be so it's kind of like whatever but luckily you know i mean i'm not regular so i know people that know like to say he just made me something it's totally cool but for a while there it was yeah it t- it takes a bit to get people to trust that you know what you're talking about as a woman well yeah. and i could stand there next to a dude we're both working and i'm like i just trained that kid yeah why are you asking him questions <laughs> i mean no go ahead and ask him questions so i was like i'll go please Feel free to, <laughs> and then they'll defer to me, and I'm like, whoever was like, well, she's actually my boss, so, <laughs> you know, so it just kind of, so it just takes a while for people to even kind of like this, if you stand next to a guy, they'll automatically look at that guy, and, and yeah. I'm like, all right, right, I'll be over here. <laughs> I'm going to talk to people who actually don't care about that stuff. Right. So. That's definitely true. That, have, like, getting people people to realize that you know what you're talking about is mm-hmm. definitely a thing. And there were times at, because I worked at the 
Hop City Krog before I started at Boxcar. And there were definitely times when the oh, man you. standing right next to me was like, they just, like I wasn't even there and they'd just look right to him. And to my friend that I worked with, to his credit, he would usually be like, she knows more about that. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely get that like look past you mm-hmm. or like weird condescending remarks about like, oh, oh, so you're in school right now? Like, no, this is oh, my wow. job. <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. But definitely like people not just trusting that you know what you're talking about. And sometimes even in like really polite backhanded ways where like they ask me a question and then I answer the question or like I bring you the drink that you're asking me about of what I talked about and then they take a drink and you're like, oh yeah, you're right. You really do know what you're talking about. I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) It's literally my job to give you what you want in the right way. Like, yes, I didn't just make it up. I mean, I usually come back with a, I mean, do you want a dum-dum back here or do you want something you can have a conversation with about something that you're into? I mean, I it's you can't have it one way, you know, where there's somebody back there who knows what they're doing, they're making something, and then you want to be confident that person's going to do you right. You're spending, what, 12 bucks for a drink right. or whatever, yeah. $8 maybe, but whatever it costs, trust and believe. I mean, not to say they probably have not had a bad experience, right? but if I'm already starting off with this dialogue, then it's totally fine. Let's yeah. just keep going. But even when it's not me, because... The bar where I am now is a surprisingly balanced between men and women who are working behind my bar, which is really nice. Um, But I either overhear or have some of the young women that I work with, like people say, "I I need to order from the bartender. She's like, yeah, that's me. Like, do you want a drink? Because I could just go to to the other customers and ignore you. Mm -hmm. Like, when she's clearly the only person working, like, you know, like just dumb stuff like that where they're just like, no, no. I need, I need the bartender. Don't yeah. know who you're looking for. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Sometimes reps, too, especially in the beer world. Right. Just, like, go find the dude that's around. Yeah. I'm like, hey. Yeah, buying know, beer. I also know about beer. What's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine buying beer is kind of rough because those guys, they're always, like, beer guys. They're, like, either burly or kind of dudes or whatever they're doing. And, and they just never, they when we start talking about beer, I'm, I'm sure Katie's even more. Uh, on top of this than I am, but they still can't believe that. I'm like, yeah, I have to buy this. I have to know what I'm talking about. You know, there's no, I'm not just here because they couldn't figure it out. I don't know. It, I don't know what they want from right. me, but it's, it's just not a thing. I also, I wish there was more points of view of like other women that were, because other ladies were here, so they could tell you probably their experience as well, because I'm sure there's something that if it hasn't happened to me, somebody either had, I'm sure there was a grab ass situation somewhere. Oh, totally. Right. Or, you know, I don't dress like somebody, like, because so I never have my thing hang out. So people was like, you're very concerned about it, but maybe you make more tips. Somebody said, I make more tips if I have my chest. Oh, like, I've been told that. I've been told like, you'd make more tips if you could if you showed your cleavage. Yeah. And I've been told you'd make more tips if you smile more. And I've been told, like, oh, the all smiling of that thing stuff. Is... I'm like, do you smile constantly at your computer, at your cubicle while you're working? Like, if I'm not directly talking to someone, I'm probably not just, like... (laughs) (laughs) Like like a crazy person. Yeah, like, if I'm just over in the well making drinks straight and the other bartenders are taking care of the guests, I'm probably not smiling. Yeah. And it's a a fine line because you're, like, you're in hospitality, so you want to convey, you want to give off that positive energy or vibe or, like, you're having a good time. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you're consistent, you're going to look like a weirdo. Just always... It's not... 
Yeah, it's a joker <laughs> smile in the corner. Exactly. Yeah. It's also, so your smiling face gets tired. Guns. Like, yeah. let it go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. now, Katie, I'm going to look at you every time I come to the bar and hope that you're doing finger guns at everyone. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Oh, oh she, I, it's not fun. I got finger gunned by a customer one time at a, at a different job, and he called me sugar and oh, it was real weird. Wow. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was great. That is that typical phrase that you use just to make fun of. Like that's the overlay. No, it was real life, and it oh. happened to me. Wow. And I've been, I've been. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you've had the same thing because we're both tattooed on our arms. I've had people like grab my arms. Yeah, like oh. let me see that. Oh yeah, just like I'm yeah. like, oh, we're touching. Okay. Um, I don't know why right. you could... Let me see what's going on oh there. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, yeah, it happens. I had somebody stand up, again, different job, like many years ago, but someone stood up in his bar seat, reached over the bar and grabbed my coworker's hair while she was like bent down grabbing something on the other side, like on her side. Oh, wow. And everyone that was working, like record scratch. <laughs> and we were all just like, oh, Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> you need to sit down and leave. Right. Just yeah. leave. Just leave. Like, yeah. get out. Wow. So with that, obviously you guys have touched a lot into this. How how do you handle when it comes to harassment? And do you see that being, is it getting worse? Is it getting better? Like, how do you see that in the industry today? I mean, I wouldn't say it's getting worse. I mean, I think it's getting sort of better because, yeah. it, I mean, it just... Because obviously you've been doing this for a while. I I don't get into confrontations with a lot of people. If something like that happens, I try not to be confrontation unless somebody's throwing a ball at my face or something, which doesn't really happen. I'm just saying. <laughs> a homeless lady did it once. Well, a homeless lady did it once, but that was neither here nor there. But um, I just, what I do is just kind of tell them to leave. Um, or I've, I don't really, or I just ignore them for the rest of the the time that they're there. Right. I mean, if yeah. it doesn't get too out of hand, I'll just be like, yes, and now I'm done with you. And I'll yeah. pass off to somebody else. So that's how I kind of, I'm I the same way. I'm not, I just don't want to. I'm not confrontational. And when I get, when I get genuinely upset, I often like freeze a little bit. Yeah. Like my brain stops. And I'm like, what do I do? Um, but it is usually, it's like, all right, you, you just have to leave. Mm-hmm. Like if you're bothering bartenders or customers or whatever, like you just have to leave. Right. So I actually had an incident in, 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 when I, I worked at uh, a brewery in which one of the contacts was an uh, older white gentleman mm. uh, was there at an event that, whole big story, but he started um, <laughs> calling me Oriental Girl and thought it was funny. Oh, my God. And as a way Jeez. of flirting with me, and this was his thing, oh, and that, he would like, that, yeah, yeah. So he kept screaming it at me, he kept screaming at me about it. And finally, I just got to the point because I was told he couldn't leave. Uh, oh. Like, we couldn't ask him to leave necessarily. Uh, that And all that had a whole different thing um, by one person. And then, of course, my female manager was like, no worries. I'm kicking his ass out. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that. But at the beginning, when all that was going down, all I could do was, like, try to ignore him. Mm-hmm. But he kept screaming at me, and I didn't know what to do. Have you guys had any incidents in which, A, you didn't have the support or you did have the support? What is the usual reaction from your bosses, let's say, in those situations? And if you didn't, what was your reaction to do it? How did you handle that situation? And and even for you as a person of color, how do you handle when it was obviously something that that's not experienced by everyone? Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you react? And how, I mean, have you gone through that? Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's just me. Um, <laughs> well, I haven't had somebody like, like just start yelling about anything in particular, just being a complete dick, excuse my language, but... <laughs> 
But yes and no, because they're right. drunk and they're drinking, whatever. Right. So again, I would ignore them until it was time for them to go. Um, and luckily, even though the whole thing, uh, customers or guests are kind of weird, right. sometimes when you work with good people, they will, and it's such a liberal job, people just will be supportive of you regardless. Like, they'll just either have your back until, I've never not had a manager not stand up for me if That's I awesome. said that guy is being weird. Or, mm-hmm. uh, like, say I work at Joystick now, and I was just standing there at the jukebox, just like, because my coworker was like, play a song. So I'm like, okay, cool, I'll go over there, and some dude just comes up and feels free to grab my butt. So mm-hmm. I was like, so I turn around and grab him. I'm like, you're out of here. And he goes, oh, what do you mean? Why are you grabbing me? I was like, because you just grabbed me. You know, like, kind of like a really, I'm like, I'm not going to fight a guy or whatever, because I shouldn't have to. So I was like, right. all right. So luckily, there's support where we had security. Where I could, like, him, you know, get right. him out. So it, it it helps when you do have people that you work with that are willing to just don't even ask questions. They know you felt right. yeah. a certain way. Don't want to have a discussion. You need to leave. So yep. luckily, yeah, I've been in a situation with people that have been supportive because I am also a woman of color. Sometimes it is, I've been the only one in the room. Right. And right. yeah, I try to, you know, I maintain a very even keel kind of demeanor because right. Then there's, there's a whole other side thing with that, too. You know, then all of a sudden you're, you're preconceived, of, you're seen as this person at right. that bar. And, you know, you kind of have to carry that balance, you know. Of right. Because if you're not, you're, you're, um, and then you're a just, bitch and you, you're not yeah. friendly enough. Yeah, and you're like that one yeah. angry yeah. black person at the, in the right. restaurant. You're right. like, well, I don't want, now I gotta be, you want to put me in this box? Okay, right. Cool. It's just yeah. So uh, there's a whole other so section many levels of, to that. Oh, it's so many. It's just in general working at a restaurant, working behind a bar. Guess sometimes coworkers. Right. You know, so you right. just never you have to realize or try to figure it out somehow. Right. So, yeah, I've, I've been lucky too of having backup. Not recently in my life, definitely like managers always had our back. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, sometimes I worked at places that had really crappy managers, but the other people that I worked with right. were definitely like, that dude sucks. Right. He's got like, you know, especially at like more, if you are at like a more divey place where your manager's probably not around anyway, and it mm-hmm. probably is just the bar staff who are technically running the restaurant for the night. I'm like, no, that dude's gone. Like, this guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and like, right. exactly. I've definitely been lucky with good male counterparts and friends that I worked with who were like, no, you... You're, you're with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that is great. Ah, it's it's uh, and you're right because I work at Joyce because it's our managers aren't always there at night, so you have to kind of we have there's always a united front. So mm-hmm. no right. matter what, it's right. gonna be us against you always because you're not gonna be here at the end of the night, right. you know. So yeah, I've I have I personally have physically removed dudes from bars, mm-hmm. which was weird because I was like a baby and was like <laughs> grabbing people like, you have to go. Get out of here. Which now I'm at a point where that's someone else's job. But Yeah, that's nice. But it, and I feel like it's mildly important that I had to do it at some point to like be the one that's like, no, you're gone. Right. Yeah, you should just hold the door open <laughs> until they leave like, uh, oh, I like, I like grabbed a dude by the shirt like with two hands and was like pulling him. Because oh, he man. Would, well, because he wouldn't leave a table. Like it was, it was a whole thing. <laughs> like he had, he had to be physically removed because he was not going to leave on his own. Wow. Oh my god, that's kind of scary. Also, I was going to say, and do they take you seriously? Like if you're the one, be like, I need you to leave. Oh no, he super didn't take me. Seriously. Yeah, I had to remove him twice, and then um, my 
other bartender, the guy that taught me how to bartend, then he removed him. And he's much larger than right. I. So that, that worked mm-hmm. out. But So it took to that point to finally figure out, all right, dude, yeah. you really, really have to get out. Just to say, I did get support at the end, but it was a really weird, my yeah. little experience was so weird. It threw yeah. me off so badly that I was like, this is so... Because I'm also, as y'all talked about being in the bartender thing, I feel like I have to... I don't, I'm not that part of that much anymore, but I have to be overly entertaining, mm-hmm. so therefore that I can get those mm-hmm. tips, yeah, <laughs> right, and get that money. And, you know, of course, that, like, and that seems to be like an open invitation for the yeah. level of boundary crossing, yeah, that and that happens in that industry, which is like, how do you balance that for yourself? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still I, I don't learning know. how to do it. It's, I guess, when you're over. I don't know, overly friendly, I guess say that, or you're doing your, you're just being right. a regular person, nice person doing right. your job. You know, sometimes there are guys who do take it where they like think you're flirting to mm-hmm. whatever, right. or you know they'll st- all of a sudden they want to get your phone number. I'm like, right. this, no, it's not. We're not on a speed date. <laughs> I'm having a conversation because you're maybe one of two people at the bar. Right. You know, this right. is a chat. You know, it would be weird if I'm just not talking to you at all. Right. But yeah, and then. But nothing too, too much. I don't think I've had too much of experience where it gets extra weird. I mean, right. I try not to go there with people that come to my bar. So, I don't know. Kind of just kind of shove it off. It only it happens far and few between. Right. I, I mean, I let that happen far and few times. Okay. I won't let it happen to begin with. So. Yeah. I'm definitely still learning how to balance that. Like, because I am not an overly friendly person. Like I am also an introvert, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm not the person to immediately just like go make a new friend or like yeah. go walk to a stranger and like start talking, um, which is <laughs> bad because it's kind of my job. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely still learning that balance of like just nice enough all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not so nice that it's like you're not the only person that I'm serving tonight. Yeah. Like, right. That's a thing too. Like the the art of nicely walking away. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I did the back of slow, yeah. walk behind, like, okay, and then I was I'll like, this now, this thing. <laughs> I was it's my training, and you, you brought this like you must learn the art of how to disengage. Like, yeah, walk away though, because what's gonna happen is gonna lose people. You know, right. it's a it is a balance between being friendly and nice to people at the bar, but knowing that you have to cut them off at one point because they some of you are really into it. They want to talk to you about everything. All the spirits, all the stuff, and I love it, and I think it's great. But you know, it's a, it's a lot when you have to do that with like then the next five people at the same time. Right, right, like, yeah. Everybody bringing in close. I got this to say. <laughs> you talk to this guy. I've known bartenders. Share who know, what you learned. Yeah, I worked with bartenders who know how to bring a room together, and it's very impressive. I love it. Like this is such and such, and I, it's great. It's a, it's a great skill. I'm just like you. Oh, that's something that I'm. Not truly envious of, but that that skill of like being that person behind yeah. the bar, like bringing people together. But I'm also learning. Um, I really love it working with those people because I can be like, "Cool, go make our tips. I will make <laughs> every service cocktail that comes to the bar tonight, yeah. and you will be the bright, shiny sunflower that everybody loves, and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And let's just be that team." Yeah, I've been on that team. You've been on that team. We have a little bit more of our interview, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hold up. 
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Let's jump back in. Well, I love that piece of advice, like the art of disengaging. Do you have any advice for listeners who are thinking about getting into cocktails more or just things that you would wish you wish you had known? Like get into making cocktails? Mm-hmm. Um, just the same thing we've been saying. It's like if you if you like to drink because you're like, I want to be a bartender and I like drinking, that's probably not the best way to get into it. <laughs> because so me, no. Got it, got it. Well, only because then you're just there to drink booze. And I, trust me, I can drink, but it, I didn't start can. off. Yeah, I didn't start off going like, I just want to be back there so I could try all the booze. You know, that's, don't do that. Um, then the second thing is also if you love, you genuinely care about, not care about spirit, but if you are interested in what spirits are and where they're from and just the whole process of, because it's a deep dive when you get into it. You could go. So, so that's always a great thing. So I, I think if you're willing to put the work in, I that's my only advice. I didn't go for it. I, I took, like I said, and also it's a great way to keep your things flexible, your mm-hmm. hours and your, your social life. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Social life is kind of a hard balance too, but you just have to know how to work it in there. Somehow. I was going to say, I know a lot of people in the industry who are constantly like gone in opposite schedules of everybody else. So that seems like not necessarily yeah. all the time most advantageous. Yeah, yeah just uh, just if you just you just gotta figure out the balance. That's really my only advice is if you're willing to learn, put in the, the hours and the time, and learn how to balance your work and social life, then you could probably do it. I mean, stop. <laughs> so we're not out here building a. You know, Teslas are well. We're not <laughs> building rocket ships, but it's. Oh, a, it's wait, a, I like Teslas. I like that one. I, like Teslas. I know because I just kind of want to see what make one. Yeah. So, uh, I think that I think that's really good. And then go go out a lot, but not necessarily in like a party way. Yeah. But in a way to observe. So like, go and don't sit at a table. Sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. And order something that you've never had before, and then watch them make it. Mm-hmm. And then, if they're not busy, ask them questions. Like if it's chill, and they mm-hmm. seem like they have time to talk to you a little bit, mm-hmm. and you're genuinely interested, be like, okay, so like, do you mind if I have a tiny taste of that spirit? Like I've never had that before. And also, Google, man, the internet is so <laughs> helpful. Because I didn't, I didn't learn how to bartend in bars that were doing any sort of craft cocktail. So when I wanted to learn about it, I did it on my own until I met people and got involved with stuff where that was happening. And I learned a lot of stuff from watching other bartenders who were really good at what they were doing, tasting their drinks, mm-hmm. and like buying books or going online or trying to find out stuff. And then once I started doing it that way, it started happening more at work. and like That's a great way to do it. If you do go sit in front of somebody who you, you've seen and are, like, killing it, whether making how to make drinks or how to kind of work the room, so to speak, then you should definitely go sit at that person's bar and definitely ask them questions. It's It, it does help because they inspire you when As, you see their They thing. really do. And especially, like, little things, like, just, like, techniques, not even mm-hmm. necessarily recipes or ingredients oh, yeah. or spirits or anything, but, like, watching people. Like, I'm, like I said, I've only been bartending for six years, so I'm 100% still learning all the time. And just watching people who are clearly professionals and be like, oh, I never thought to do it that way. And then ask why they did it that way. And there's definitely a reason. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't just make stuff, <laughs> make stuff up for no reason for the most part. Yeah. Um, there's usually a good reason for, like, a particular way of doing something. Um, and then putting that in your catalog and using it next time you go back to work or to make a cocktail or also home bar. <laughs> it's really good to have, like, a laboratory at your house. Oh, okay. Yeah. I super, I have a lab at my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, lab, finger air quotes, yeah. lab. But, like, I have a home bar with a bunch of stuff. And I do a lot of research and prep and testing at home because when you're at work, you're busy. Right. Yeah. That's why sometimes I say when you're not doing, when I'm not working, sometimes I'm working, I'll, like, say if I'm off today and I'm not here, if I'm thinking about a drink, I will go to work to try to make it. Right. Because I'm not working, so I don't have to worry about doing stuff. So right. I could just, like... Well, I know these are things I need, and they're all at that bar. So, I've I've done that. Just drive to work. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to make this, this, and this. Yeah, I've and done then, that too. But and then you're like, well, there goes my day because that's what I have to make stuff. <laughs> or and then you inevitably end up either sitting at your bar or like a friend's bar, and then like that's the other half of your day. Yeah, then you're like, well, I'm not gonna. Well, this is it. I'm, you're you have a nice buzz on from all the drinks right, you've been like, testing, and it's like rush hour now, so clearly you might as well have to sit here. <laughs> sit there. Yeah, obviously, that's how usually sometimes days end up. But hey, yeah. that's the best way. 
in my world. So out of curiosity, because um, we were talking about all of the people and the mentors, how do you do you think that the industry has been more and more inclusive of women of color, of women in general, of the LGBTQI? And if not, what way could we be more, or could they as an industry be more inclusive? Or are they doing a good job? As a little, as the bar baby at the table, I feel like lately, like in the last few years, I feel like I see a lot of women um, in bars in Atlanta. Like mm-hmm. obviously, like I said earlier, I'm this is the only, <laughs> the only place I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I see a lot more than when I was younger lately. Um, and bar programs and heading bar programs and um, like a lot of the people that I look up to and like go sit at their bar or like learn are women in the city. Like there's obviously there's men as well, but yeah. I've thought about, I sat down and thought about it the other day and like a lot of the people who I really admire what they're doing are women. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so because even women who way back when, like the few that were doing it, like say back in the 80s or even before that, there's, you could probably find one book and there's all five of them in that book. <laughs> yeah. That runs from like the 20s to like 88. So like like there's one was a Ida Coleman who did the hanky panky thing. She's in a book and she's <laughs> that was it. That's the other one. The other one I knew after that was or Audrey Saunders from like the eighties. Mm-hmm. And that I mean there's this huge gap. I'm sure there's ladies in between all of that. Right. But you know she became she does like the the Pegu Club in New York and she's worked with Dale DeGroff and all these guys that and but she had to work her way into just being that probably that one female at the time that was even doing anything because. I, we don't hear any other names for a certain points. And I mean, I know I'm not the biggest cocktail historian, so we're just throwing a couple of names out there. But I guess now it, it is more inclusive. There are definitely bars where, you know, there uh, the LGBTQ uh, community is, you know, very present. And there's bars where there are only women. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> where was I? One night I was working at Ration Jam and I was working with another girl. I was like, is this an all-girl staff tonight? Oh, my God. It's so great because we got a lady in and we had, like, two girl service. So it was, like, ladies' night. Nice. And it was... It was, really, it was, was right. It, it was right. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. We, it, we just had so much fun. It was just kind of like this... Thing. So, yeah, I guess you're right. It's getting to a point where there are a lot of female bartenders nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there was a competition I went to a couple weeks ago where... The females dominated the, pretty much the whole competition. Awesome. I don't know if you went to that DAC office. I was about to say, was it the DAC office? Yeah. I didn't go, but I heard about it. But it was like, there was probably, I don't know if there's equal amount of guys to girls, but they just took out the boys one by one <laughs> until the last person was left. I was like, this is pretty awesome. It's awesome. It, t- it took a while for, for that to be a thing, but one, for ladies to be in competitions quite a bit, because uh, even when I, I don't do a lot of, that's not really my bag, but uh, some of my competitions just... I don't know. I just don't, I can't. I don't. I don't enjoy them. I just get too nervous. Right. But um, yeah. It's it's very much more inclusive. They, they um, there's a thing. I I went to another one. I wish Tiffany was here because she was a judge at this one, where it was like all gay bartenders. Like, oh, nice. So it was really cool um, to see something like that. Because um, you know, even that I've never seen that before anywhere. Like it was just. Granted, it was mostly men, which I was like. Well, come on. But <laughs> it was still, you know, it was just a, that that was a thing. Right. Which was pretty cool. And they got, who, the guy who won got a cool prize. So it was really amazing to kind of see that. That's awesome. So, yeah, I guess maybe a nice upwards kind of a deal, but still. That's hopeful. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the bars I go to, if I, I've, it's always straight white males back there. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, nobody. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. And it's cool. I mean, right. it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to go back there and start throwing out political statements at a bar while I'm drinking. Probably That's not fair. the best idea. No, not the best idea. <laughs> my next it doesn't combine. <laughs> it doesn't combine well, huh? No. Um, and then uh, just to give you a one-liner, what's your the worst drink to make? To make? Yeah. When you when a bar, when a person comes in and says, mm-hmm. "I want this," do you, what makes your eyes roll? So I know to okay, ask every so time. I feel like the I, f- I feel like <laughs> I have a... two different. Yeah, I don't know. Because well, there's so many drinks. Like if you'd asked me like four years ago, I would have said one thing, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, no, who gives a Right. It's fine. I don't know if there's anything that I like is hard to make, but things that I'm tired of making. Yeah. Long Islands and Lemon Drops, just because they're really boring. <laughs> I and agree I, and, I, and not because, and like, not to like yuck your yum or whatever. That's such a dumb phrase. I'm sorry. Is that what? <laughs> um, <laughs> what? You make that up. That's a thing. What? Okay. I feel, yeah. I keep, every time I do interviews, I feel like there's one phrase it's, that I'm like, what is this phrase? It's like the. Suburban mom version of saying like not to king shame. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like if you like Long Island, it's cool, whatever. But it's just really boring. Right. Like, it doesn't really taste like anything. Lemon drops don't really taste like anything. Mm-hmm. And I and I think the the main reason is because like I took so much time to build this menu. Yeah. <laughs> just order something that I made, please. They're really good. They wouldn't be on this paper if right. I if they weren't good. But it's mostly stuff like that that I just want people, like Tiffany was saying the other day, about like, let go of your past to try something new. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I want Which you was to a great advice to, to the new drinker because they, some people order things like that because they don't know, not that they don't know any better, they just don't know anything. So they're yeah. like, uh, they get to bar like, uh, nah, 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 Long Island? And you're yeah. like, all right, fine. And yeah. Also, it has here. all the ingredients in it. So yeah. it, it, is, it is also a <laughs> bit tedious. Right, right. And the same here. I don't think at this point I've made all drinks maybe a thousand times over. So I'm not, it's, I can make whatever. Just, if you want it, fine. You, you got it. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, if you had asked me like three years ago, I probably would have said like mojito uh, or something, but I don't yeah. care. Right. And I'm like, because people say, do you hate making mojitos? I always get that question. I'm like, no, I, I make it all the time. Right. So I have it down to a science. This mm-hmm. drink will be in your face in two seconds. There you go. The, <laughs> only, the only thing I hate about mojitos, but really it's not just mojitos, it's kind of summer in general, oh, is, yeah. is mint itself mm. oh, is a mint. pain in the butt. Really? Yeah, just like as a garnish. Because it, it, like, you have to be really good to it. Like, you have to talk to it real sweet. So <laughs> it doesn't, like, wilt in the middle of your shift. Yeah. And, like, it goes bad really fast. And then inevitably you just get, like, Sad, crushed up mint stuck in everything. Yeah, the Constantly. sad mint. So it's not the mojito's fault; it's the mint's fault. The mint just yeah. wants you. Yeah, it's good to know. The worst. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm intolerant to mint, so this makes me happy. So you are not a problem. Yep. Mm-mm. Fall is a problem. Season. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It is. I've already made. I don't know how many old fashions within this last week. I mean, and that's oh, a yeah. thing. It's it's not hard to make, but. So if somebody's on a kick, I, I've done it. Like you, somebody come in one or two here, and then you get five more on the side. Right. I'm like, I love that you like this really boozy cocktail. I love making them. It's in my wheelhouse. I think it's fantastic. But I, I know you people know something else about whiskey. <laughs> well, there's another they, whiskey cocktail out there for you. I promise. Old fashions are totally like the yawn 
of the cocktail menu. Yeah. And but like the contain like as soon as somebody at a table they're like, Oh yeah, old fashioned, let's do that. Yeah. yeah. And then one turns into six and you're like, Oh crap, you couldn't just order them all at once. Yeah. It's just it's a it's one of those things that I do enjoy making them, but sometimes it does get a tad a bit much because yeah. you you try to tell people, well, here's another one you might want to get into or try, or here, do you like gin? And they don't want to do that or something on, on those lines. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really hate making anything anymore. Right. It's just kind of, they're there. That brings us to the end of our long-awaited, at least for us. For us, yes. We've been trying for a few months. I know. Uh, Women in the alcohol industry episode. Like we said, after we recorded this in the studio, we uh, went and had a cocktail hour, and we recorded some more with some even more fantastic women in this industry. So that episode will be coming up soon. Um, In the meantime, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at stuffmonevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer Andrew Howard. Andrew? Thanks to our interviewees. Yeah, thanks Katie and Keisha. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.